dearest listener, I want you to know it is so hot that I just spent the entirety of the 10 seconds of silence trying to think of a song about how hot it was so I could open the podcast. And I've already sung Carlos Santana feat Rob Thomas is smooth, I think four times on the show when it was hot before. <laughs> so, without any further ado, Man, it's a hot I'm really hoping you'd chime in at some point, Chris. Well, the problem is that in my head, I've, all I've got is feeling hot, 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 hot. hot. Oh, there we go. Uh, That's a song. Um, <laughs> bum, 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 no, no, just that bit. Yeah. That's yeah, the problem. Okay. And I didn't want to accidentally open my mouth and just chime in with feeling hot, hot, hot. I think that would have improved it. Cut it together so it sounds like that. No. Dearest listener, welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. We are um, we are sunsetting this podcast. <clears throat> we are ambling gently downhill into a shallow grave. But we are sun rising over the United Kingdom as we enter a, I'm going to say unprecedented but predictable heat wave. <laughs> um, the fate we knew was coming. As the country slowly roasts like a jacket potato. It fries like an egg on, a, on tarmac. Uh, I, if I sound a little bit different this week, that's because I am in my living room, where uh, where at least at least it's got like a it's it's my living room's on the ground floor, you see, and above 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 my living room is my tiny little office with a window that no longer opens, mm. so it gets hotter, and then there's no change in my office. It's a little it's a little farty sweat box. The the whole warmth at the moment feels very much like. Like a general standing on his hill, uh, on a hill, overwatching troops and just watching them get absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> and the general just goes, mm, "I think that's uh, bad. Mm, this seems less than ideal." But that is a metaphor for global warming. So we are in a race against time, both globally. To, well, I mean, we've lost that race against time, but we are Chris and I are in a race against time to try and record something funny before we die. Mm. So, it hasn't it's, happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. No, we're still alive, baby. Uh, in terms of news, in terms of news we've got here, I've been on my fucking grind. You have, and it, and it's pretty sexy. Yeah, I, <laughs> thank you. I got them hips, but I I've been on my grind, and despite the fact that I'm trying to write six books before the end of August, and two small role playing games. Uh, one of which is reverse Cluedo, and um, you know steer a small business towards success in some in some capacity. I'm also doing the campaign rules for Turnip Twenty Eight, which is very exciting. Max uh, Fitzgerald, who's doing Turnip, got in touch with me and was like, "Grant, do you want to write some rules?" And my first my first reaction, which I didn't say out loud, was, "Why don't you hire a war games designer?" <laughs> my my There's reaction. Probably somebody better for this. I've got to presume someone's playing Turnip who's designed a war game before. But what I actually said was, yes, sure, I can write, I can write a joke about a parsnip. I can do that for 6,000 words. <laughs> I've done that before thousands of times, don't check. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, uh, Warmer Fantasy Battle. Yeah, that was me, editions 5 through 8. <laughs> no, I did, I did all the even-numbered ones. Yeah, of course, at that time I was writing under the name Rick Priestley. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I looked different then as well. I looked like a I looked like a forty five year old man. So that's uh, it's, it's a little bit different, yeah. Uh, but it's very it's very it's it's lovely to be uh, to be given the. I was about to say to be given the keys to a world and be able to build it. Uh, not quite the keys, but Max doesn't seem to mind when I break in and leave shit around there. <laughs> you what's happened is you've moved into his shed. <laughs> right, like you're on, you're on the ground. I'm, on the pr- and, I'm hiding in his basement. And when he goes out to work, you go down to the fridge and eat stuff. And he comes back. <laughs> he comes back from work like really confused. Oh, where's me bloody refrigerators? Grant's <laughs> out pack of tiny sausages in the back here, and some fucker is bound. <laughs> there were seven when I left, and now it's three. They thought if they left some, I would not notice. You'll have to go further than that to fool Maximilian Fitzgerald. No, He's actually, Max in his cupboards and attic space. Max is really posh. Is <laughs> like Max sounds like you imagine Maximilian Fitzgerald to sound. Right. I presume that's his name rather than Maximum. 
<laughs> uh, my so, parents call me Extreme. <laughs> yes, the name's Absolute Taylor. <laughs> God, that's good. Absolute, right? That's going in the old baby name. <laughs> so yes, your boys are warm, but you know what? We're doing better than we have been in a little while, or at least I am. I had a I had a week off, which was nice. Went mm. to Norwich. Didn't get the uh, the COVID. Uh, no. So, oh, it's okay. Better luck next time. I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow for my second round. Chris, you're already fully jabbed. I am. It was not cool for me. No, no. Uh, we are we are both in therapy now. Oh yeah, I got me a therapist. Yeah, yeah. Chris, huge got... fucking nerd. Chris got himself a real fucking Poindexter. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> hello. Can you tell me about D twenties? That's what. That's what your. That's what your therapist I, sounds like. To I me. really wish he sounds like that, but he doesn't. Oh, what is it? It's just sort of gently northern. No, he's 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 south of me, but wow. he's a lovely boy and uses role playing games in children's therapy, which that's is nice. How I found him because I was like, that's cool as shit. Lovely. Actually, I was trying to buy a second-hand copy of Simba Room, but I will take some therapy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you? But on that subject of the book, can, can I still have that? Of the book, is that still available on your Etsy store? Uh, yes, but um, Grant, I, I think you'll feel the full weight of this. Okay. My therapist is reading Spire and Heart. <laughs> Are you um. Because you see, my therapist, whenever I mention something that is not my feelings, does a very gentle frown until I change the subject back to proper therapy. <laughs> and like, and like, I might say, oh, I read this really inspirational quote, or like, I saw this film which really affected me, and I'll be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas, you're, whereas yours is actively reading your work. Yeah, we, we have a little decompression time at the end where we talk oh, about we, nice. what games we like. Like, I explained... With burning enthusiasm, all of unknown armies to him last session. Oh my god! That's, okay, like I was, I was kind of being a bit mean about the Poindexter stuff earlier. That sounds really nice because all all Richard rides me hard and puts me away wet. No, I no. get, I get about a thirty five second period at the end of the end of the therapy session, being like, "Well, you all right? Yeah, I guess so, Richard. Okay, I'll see you next week." Are you crying like a girl? Get out. <laughs> Thank, why thank you, Mr. Why, Therapist. Why aren't you crying properly, Grunt? <laughs> no, I have I have a huge nerd who's trying to fix mm. my brain, so good That's luck like, to him. Yeah, so the par- the, your boys are doing better than they have been in a while, I think it's safe to say. And we are uh, we are warm and we are ready to make with the goofs. <laughs> on that subject... <laughs> Hit me with a funny. On that subject, we have... I asked Twitter. Mm-hmm. Always, uh, always a good idea. Chris and I have, for the last, I'm going to say, oh, six to eight months, been broadly reliant on our own internal fires, our own smouldering embers of creativity, which unfortunately we spend, like, I spend most of the day fanning those into products. Well, so, I spend most of my day fanning. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I've, I've, got, I've got to stay cool somehow here in Hearty exactly. Dice Towers, the place where we live and work together. <laughs> it's a very big building. Mm. So uh, uh, I thought it'd be fun just to do to do some to do some Twitter suggestions, and also I mentioned that the podcast was ending, and that seemed to make people respond. <laughs> people seem to be desperate to watch us die. Well, people people are always excited about a death, and I don't mean excited like necessarily happy. Oh, it's happening like, though, isn't it? Yeah. But like you know, if there's a funeral, people will get up. You yeah, know, I'll... they would just go. Well, I'm washing my hair. You know. Yeah. Yeah, like like man continues living. There's no there's no exactly that's column tedious. for that. Everybody, is there? Everybody continues living. Be yeah, until they don't. Yeah, come on, die. So uh, we asked you for, and I quote, up, "stupid and upsetting ideas for games." Mm. Um, and speak of the devil. Talking of Max Fitzgerald, uh, he's written in with the with the suggestion: game where wizards need to carry around dogs to be able to cast magic. Old wizard with a couple pugs under their arms who spits fireballs. A tiny witch with a huge fluffy sheepdog on their sole shoulders blasting out lightning. The dog's eyes glow, but otherwise they just look content. <laughs> so is this just like spellcasting, but it's really difficult to do the somatic components? No, there's no somatic components. There's no verbal components. There's, there's one material component, which is not consumed. Oh, so it's like a dog wand. Yeah. It's like 
it's like I'm imagining and like and like the more powerful the spell or like the more powerful actually no but it's the more powerful the wizard the smaller the dog can be okay because you, you need less dog energy absolutely yeah or like you need less dog prism focusing as it lens it's, yeah it's a focusing lens it's, it's like it uses the um, oh, I think it was mage the awakening up until you hit Arate five, you had to like use foci to make to, to work your magic, and then yeah, after got that, weird you when you got it. into the dog chapter. <laughs> and now everyone needs foci, but I'm imagining like 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 a high mage, like a really high mage. I'm talking like one of those handbag chihuahuas, mm. and they can like they they can like sort of gently squeeze the chihuahua, and a giant tower of black iron comes spiraling out of the earth, <laughs> and his eye pops out. Yeah. Well, so no, I, I, no. I think the issue there is that you're you're being perhaps a little simplistic with okay. like the increasing power you don't need as much dog. Okay. What if you need certain types of dog for certain types of magic? Mm. Mm-hmm. So you can tell specialists apart by what sort of dog they have? Absolutely. I mean I'm in hundred and ten percent. If they're messing with time, mm-hmm. you need something like a border collie. Okay, I was thinking Airedale, but I get you. But you need something with that intense energy mm-hmm. that doesn't understand time in any way. <laughs> like if if you if you walk away from a collie and shut it in a room, and then you almost immediately open that door, that dog is convinced it has been a decade. Tremendous, yes. And it hasn't seen you in years. How are you? I love you. Will you? Mm-hmm. Will you? Will you marry me? Like it's all mm-hmm. intensity all the time. Combat magic, Jack Russell's. Absolutely, you think like scrappy. Yeah. You think like all yeah, go down absolutely. a hole after a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of definitely those... not my old Jack Russell though. She was fat as fuck. <laughs> well, I loved her. Well, that's the thing. Like, she had the she had the the heart of a warrior. I must presume. The soul, the spirit of a warrior. But not the hips and spine. No, but that's fine, because all we're going to do is squeeze her gently to channel magic. She doesn't have to go anywhere. When when you squeezed her, she actually made noises. Oh, I love her. What was her name? Hoppet. Pop- oh, Poppet! Hop, hop, like, uh, like a rabbit, hop. Uh, well, that's fine, I guess. I, when I was very ill, she used to sit with me outside of the garden. And she's she she was a fairly static dog, like sedentary mm-hmm. m- most of the time. But if yeah. you put her in a way in, in in a place, she'd just stay there. Okay, that's great. So, I, I like I'm on a sun lounger, so I just sort of prop her up between my legs on her back, mm-hmm. and she get a lovely tan on her belly. Mm. And she just sit there, and like we suddenly realised that she was that she was blinking a lot. Right. And it's, because she was in the sun, so we got her a pair of sunglasses. Jesus Christ. And she loved it. She used yeah. to wear sunglasses. That's imagine you could get sunglasses for dogs. Oh you can't. <laughs> you we, can get sun you can get sunglasses for children. We had we had to paint normal dog glasses. <laughs> we just taped some black discs over her eyes. We just coloured her eyes in with a pen. I loved that dog. What a well, creature. I'm well, very we- sad you never met that one. Of all my dogs. Wouldn't you like to cast fight magic through her? <laughs> yes, I think I think very much Hoppet would have been a debuffer. <laughs> they would have just sent a wave of lethargy out. I got a couple of questions about the casting. Sure, sure. Have they have to be carried, you can't walk them. Yes. So there comes an element of like if it's a big dog, you've got to be physically strong to carry the thing around. And you can walk them when you're not casting. Oh absolutely. But you, you like you have to pick it up to cast through it. Now my question is because mm-hmm. Max Max just had the sort of like like the dog looking happy, right? I kind of want to fire the dog like a gun. <laughs> that that works with a smaller dog because you 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 grasp the front and back legs and you've got a sort of SMG style thing. I think for a bigger dog that's like a bazooka, isn't it? <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I'm I, I'm, I'm I was trying to think like how would you do this with a, with an Irish Wolfhound? Mm-hmm. Something that's not like. Big around, but is big like difficult a, to carry. Yeah, a Saint Bernard is big around, right? Like it's yeah. all big dog. A Wolfhound yeah. isn't. It is large yeah. but lithe, and the only way I can think of doing it is to wear it like a backpack. Absolutely, yeah. And like, it's like a I can't remember what they're called. The the things that the Mechanicus have in forty k on their backs. Mechadendrites. 
Yes. And there's this little, I say little, this massive dog head poking over and firing lasers. <laughs> fucking, fucking dog ock. You've got these extra dog arms. I think wear it like a backpack is maybe a bit kind and more, it's going to use you like a stepladder. Yes. Um, yes, it's, then, it's, going yeah. to, it's going to mount you like a mech. <laughs> and you're sort of like pulling up and down on its arms to try and direct the Cyclops-style mouth beam. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's going to look like Ripley in a power loader. You know, like... A cross between that and it. the alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I think it would be an excellent hack for everyone's favourite role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, so variable that it can it can do everything. Ah, <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, it's so easy, so easy to hack and so and so straightforward. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you replace. Well, I mean, you replace. It's not Arcana anymore. What is it? it used to be Arcana. You replace Arcana with Handle Animal. Perfect. Yep. Solves that problem. I mean. Handle animal does exist in that system, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so you, you have just two, you just swap the skills. Oh, okay. So, so the handle animal skill would give you knowledge of the dark arts, yeah, and runes, mm-hmm. and Arcana would let you mess with dogs. Absolutely, yeah. Arcana's mainly for horses and the like. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> ancient, ancient horses. They're really big old horses. The You've got you've got your different cultures of magic. I think it's a pretty straightforward transition, and I think I think people would love this. People yeah, people I mean, love a doggo, don't they? They do. They do. Yeah. They use that word for it specifically, mm-hmm. which is awful. I they hate spell it. they spell boy with an e, ridiculously. Mm, that's another thing as well. Mm. What's your what what? Okay, okay. Look, look, I, I think this is great. I just I'm not I'm sure I'm not sure it's a, it's a, it's a I'm not sure there's enough of a game. I think Max already had most of it there. <laughs> yeah, like so, there's there's a lot of familiar rules in in games, and you just you use that for the dog's safety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's already wand rules. You is there a safety the on the magic. dog? Sorry, is there a safety on the dog? Yeah, you just set its tail to the right position. <laughs> to rotate its testicles. If you like, if you like, click the tail one to the right. That puts it on full auto, <laughs> and then all, another one in its single shot, and all the way back is safe. Yeah, cool. Okay, then that works for me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, that that part is very Milson, <laughs> but just that part. I think that this game is, you know, beautiful and perfect in a lot of ways. But there's not a lot to develop there. I think we're already no. sorted. So I'm interested to see what you can bring from the. Uh, from the cloud. So interestingly, when you said, when, when when you put out this Twitter cry, you said, "Was it ridiculous and upsetting?" Mm-hmm. And uh, Pepon Fuentes has gone the upsetting route, a serial killer sim. You freely move through a sandbox city populated with all kinds of people. Choose your targets, methods, and a signature, like leaving a poker card at the scene of the crime. As you make mistakes, police will tighten the knot around your neck. That is upsetting, isn't it? I okay. Like the the thing is, I think that like I'm, I'm not necessarily looking to develop this entirely, but I think that we could make a genuinely good game out of this. Mm. However, mm. should we? So I believe I, I I do not remember who wrote it. I remember there was uh, quite a good two player game I picked up on PDF, which where where you play um, a murderer and the detective. Oh, okay. Um, and you sort of go back. I, I think like you take turns jamming for each other, <clears throat> as it were. So you go back and forth. But I don't. I don't want this to be edgy. Okay, like okay. So this is this, it's going to be edgy because it's a game about being a serial killer. <clears throat> there's no way. There's no way to get away from that. But I don't want this to end up in a sort of postal. Um, or whatever no. that, or whatever that one was with the, the the chat with long hair, and it's and and it's like oh, you get extra points for killing these stupid women with their loud voices. Yes, yeah, that's postal. Not, not, no, it was a, it was a, it was a postal, it was a postal alike. Ah, right, postal is the one where you where you use cats as silencers. Yeah, which is we can. I mean, that is very funny, isn't it? Yeah, there's also a piss button. Yes, yes. Um, get very. I mean, fine, <laughs> fine, like. like I, I have a lot more respect for Postal 1 than I do Postal 3. Yeah, fair. Like, Postal 1, I'm going to say, was a product of its time. 
in mm. there's like it's 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 deliberately punk and offensive and daft and sandboxy and over the top and postal 3 was an attempt to make money yeah uh, yeah for, for sure it didn't, it didn't land but the, um, the reason I yeah. picked this one out is because I have been... So I, I don't <laughs> I've been killing women. <laughs> I don't sleep anymore. So yeah. I've fallen into the Netflix trap of serial killer documentaries. Oh, cool. I help you sleep. And I find them I find, I've, I've, I find them fascinating. And okay. Like all the weird psychology that goes on in like extreme situations. So I'm, I'm not really aware of this sort of thing. Can you, can you, can you sort of gently guide me in as to what these are about and what, what the standard pattern is? So the, these shows take on two different kind, different styles. Mm-hmm. One is almost almost a dramatization, right? Uh, for instance, one had one I watched. I can't remember who it was about, but had the letters they wrote read by Paul Giamatti. Oh, like Paul Giamatti was the killer in this documentary. Right, that kind of personified it. Yes, um, and the other side of it is very. Cold, clinical, but with law and order level titles, mm-hmm. and it's it's fascinating watching these things and looking at like the paths and choices made and like the neglect of people's mental health and things mm-hmm. like that. Because a lot of people get very sad and go through extreme trauma and don't kill ninety people. Yeah, yeah, and looking at what makes this person who they are i find fascinating because it's an, I, i'm i'm always interested by the extremes and how that happens in a situation absolutely and it's like it's like we're not biologically we're not set up to kill 90 people no we're not set up to kill it we're, we're like from what i can tell we're really bad at killing each other directly mm. um and there's a lot of uh dramatizations around this like uh the most famous one at the moment is mindhunter yes um where they you know they they're interviewing serial killers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's actual documentaries where that happens right yeah um and like you know this person has murdered 11 people in an awful way and he's just sitting in a chair and talking to you so what's so what's the game what is the what is the 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 game is suggested is that you you are the serial killer Mm -hmm. and the gm is the police right and i think it's I think potentially there's something here of like a small one-shot game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want a campaign game. No, 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 no. Like, I'm not talking like a like a big. Oh, your next campaign. Oh, everybody should play this. But like a like an interesting and focused psychological two or three player game. Yeah, I, d- I wouldn't want a big table. No, no. Very there's going to be some emotions happening here. But like, you can play potentially either side of this. Mm-hmm. So you can have the the GM as the killer who has worked out all of the motivations all the psychology and stuff and like there's a like you know in Unbound we generate the world yeah in this you generate the the killer's past and their their motivations methodologies that sort of thing Mm. and then you try and piece it together or there's the other version where you play the killer Mm -hmm. and act in accordance to those um, psychological problems and try and get away with it. Mm. And I think that there's there's actually some value in both sides of that. And like I realise that it is an incredibly thorny subject. Like play a serial killer, go kill some people. Mm, yeah. Um, Th- thorny is perhaps a kind description. Yeah, I was I was I was being political. Yeah. Um, but I but I genuinely think like as a, a as a study, mm. as a trying to understand what what goes into these people what mm. what makes them up like i think it's genuinely interesting well we could call it a game poem and then no one has to actually play it yeah exactly like but it's 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 more experiment than it is fun game time i think i, I would really be interested in having a way of representing um i'm gonna use the word insanity mm. like there is there is a level of um of, of of maladjustment which causes people to do these horrible things and I feel comfortable saying the word insanity because I, I myself suffer from mental illnesses and have an insanity which is depression and I think I would love to have a way of 
role-playing that and like being able to personify that in a not in a oh the voices sort of way but more no. in a um disco elysium yes sort of way so yeah not, closer you, to that certainly not you hear the voice of your dead mother and she's telling you to kill but hi i'm playing your depression yeah like when i when i talk about this as a as a game i'm talking about it as as a, a reproduction and mm. An examination of what goes on here in, mm. in these extreme cases. Because it doesn't mm. happen often, thankfully. But when it does, it's never just, ah, I just figured I'd give it a shot. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's not something you do when you're bored on a Sunday. Um, but one of the things that's, that's, that's really interesting, um, he, he says here in, in the tweet, as you make mistakes, please tighten the knot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, in all of these cases that i've been watching they make mistakes up the wazoo right yeah like it's not this cold like clinical dexter level of pre-planning mm. like one of them i was i was watching last night like the guy's just sitting on us on a stoop in mm-hmm. the center of the area where all these killings have been and the right. police are all undercover there's hundreds of them in this area <laughs> guy sits down next to him and starts talking to him mm-hmm Turns out that that the guy that just sat down thinks that the man was stoop. The killer is another undercover cop, mm. and talks at length about the case and what they're doing. Oh, wonderful! And just explains everything to him, and he's just sitting there going like, "Oh yeah, they're they're doing what? Oh, that's we're doing what? That's cool. Didn't know here. About my department's over here. Here, take my spare gun. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous, and like all of these stupid confluences." Mm. Like people breaking into the back door of a house, like really easy to break in. The door's open, mm-hmm. does a horrid murder, mm-hmm. is about to leave. Mm-hmm. You go out the way you came in, right? Out the back door. Checks out. Yeah. He uh, decides not to. He, by right. the way, he's covered in blood. Right. Goes out the front door. Uh-huh. Walks a bit, gets in his car, leaves. Yeah. At the time, a police report comes in that there's maybe a break-in in this house because a policeman had walked by the back of the down the alley at the back and of the it was house open and seen and the broken that's, window. Oh, that's a bit funny. So we should, yeah, we should, we should send someone around. Yeah, yeah, we should we, we should probably investigate this. And like, if you'd have gone out the back door, he would have been instantly caught. It would have all been over. Yeah, and like those those random chances of fuck ups and getting away with it that don't quite make sense. Mm, that's, that's the thing. I think it's easy to phrase these, frame these things as a narrative and mm, be absolutely. like, oh, be like, okay. So, and, and, and like the way it is commonly presented, it's like it's presented as a battle of wits, mm. as it were. And actually, it is a battle of surveillance and boredom. Yes. In the in that you are not like you're not trying to track down this one person. And also, I, I don't want to. I, I I don't want to say an iota. I don't want to imply I have an iota of good faith towards the police, but. They have to. They have to try and do all the policing all the time. They are massively overworked, mm. which is what is one of the problems. Um, with with I mean, and that, that really compounds the fact that they're all bastards, and the fact that there's that there's that there's a broken window. It's like well, okay, there's been twelve other broken windows tonight, and there was no problems with those. So I guess I'm just going to call this one in. Yeah, and we can go. And it's just and it's it's like one of the fascinating things about um. Serial killers, I think, is how you because because you don't kill people, you no. don't trap people in the back of vans and torture them. You don't drive off cliffs um, and then jump out the car at the last minute. Uh, well, but but someone else is in the car. You everyone expects people to act in a certain way, and when you start breaking that pattern, there's a level of um, not invincibility, but a as a glamour in the face yeah. sense to it in the. In the, oh, I'm just, I'm just not going to act in that way, and yes. you can break you can break the system and abuse the system in that way, which is fascinating. And also, like in in a lot of cases, they don't realise that they are breaking and abusing the system. Like mm-hmm. it's not this clever game of cat and mouse. Oh no no like, no, no no! One no, person just, but... is doing a thing, hmm. and they're just going to do it, and they're behaving weirdly. They're behaving yeah. in, a, in a way which we which we aren't predicting. But like a lot of a lot of this is painted as the as these people are like masterminds outwitting mm-hmm. the police and mm-hmm. things like that. N- at no point have any of them tried to outwit the police. <laughs> That's not how this works. Mm. They just do a thing and have a bit of common sense. Yeah, like they wear gloves. Yeah, like most of the the the, the most famous serial killers in in history have ne- have not worn masks. 
Mm. Like they've been fully open about who they are. Like the walking through town. Mm. And yeah. I just find it fascinating. I think, as I say, I think it could be a really interesting game. But yes. A but, a, but a difficult one to both get right by the psychology. Mm. You would have to be very careful. You'd be very careful about it and very mm. sort of thoughtful. But also to not to not glorify it, to not because because the the in in one version of this the killer is the protagonist. Mm. To not make them the hero. No, they are. But, the... but it is it is a, it is a it is a game designed so that you can try and understand what's going on in extreme cases of the human mind. Maybe maybe we could sort of pitch it as one of those Nordic jeep form LARPs. <laughs> I'm not sure LARP is the way to go with this one. They do all sorts of crazy shit up there, man. No, that's true. Like this is this is pretty tame by a lot of their stuff. <laughs> I think I, I, th- I think we could pitch this fairly straightforwardly, but I think also I wouldn't want to play. I don't I don't know who I'd want to play this game with, because like I don't want to I, I don't want to have to deal with a stranger murdering someone. I definitely don't want to hear my friends describe how they strangle a woman. <laughs> it's um oh, okay. Look, a. A wonderful idea for a game, but I fear very difficult and not terribly funny. No. Please give me a funny one, Grant. Tom Clancy's Nativity, clear and present manger. (laughs) That is a strong pun. (laughs) I like that. So there's there's a game, there's a Tom Clancy's game coming out. God, yeah. um, Which is like, basically, as far as I can tell, Battle Royale, with all of the famous Tom Clancy characters. Mm-hmm. Grant, name all of the famous Tom Clancy characters. Go. Um, Sam Fisher. That's one. Um, the ghost from Ghost Recon. Okay, um, I'll count that. That's two. Um, uh, Teams uh, of five, so we need at least not. We need at least okay, what, okay, more. okay, 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 okay. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. Jack Ryan. Is there a game about him? Yeah, he's from the film Clear and Present Danger. Okay. Well, no. Well, he's sorry. He's not. He, there's, I don't believe there's been a game of him unless it was some shitty Tom Clancy, uh, some shitty like movie tie-in. Sure. Um, but he is a. I believe he is a. Wait, no, Jack Reacher. Jack, sure. Jack Reacher. That that's Tom. I would Jack, Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan, one of the others. Jack. So, Jackie or. Uh, Sam Fisher. Said it. Damn. Okay. Um, Ezio Auditore. Famous Tom Clancy character? Oh, he's just an Ubisoft game, isn't he? Oh, There's okay, Tom fine. Clancy characters. Um, and like, uh, uh, the hovering robot from Division 2. <laughs> this, thing, this, game is set, this game is set in the Division world. Is it? You know, that beautifully, <laughs> beautifully captured <laughs> rendition of Fantasyland? I don't know. <laughs> the least fun one? Yeah, like, the point is that the, the only game I know of Tom Clancy stuff that has multiple characters in it that are characters mm. is Rainbow Six. Yes, and they've got the you've got your um, big big Frenchman with shield, little Spanish lady with gun. Montaigne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. But also, there's a lot of Doctor Knives videos around it. Like there's actually like a like a world around it. Little Jimmy Rifle. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I don't know any of them, and it was just this major selling point for the game. Like the Tom Clancy characters. Yeah, Tom, famous Tom Clancy goes. Which ones? I know one. I can think who, of Sam Fisher. Who the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So what was the game again? I just wanted to rant about that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Tom Clancy's Nativity. Pre, uh, pre, pre, Tom Clancy's Nativity. Clear and present manger. Okay, so let's use let's let's work from the man we all know, Sam Fisher. Mm-hmm. He is up in the rafters of the barn, legs akimbo. Mm-hmm. Waiting for the three three kings, presumably. It's called Operation Three Kings. Oh, he has to make contact with three local militia leaders to to gain their support against King Herod's invading armies. And during Maybe. this, he's got to get his wife to Nazareth. He's not Joseph. He's he's um he's Sam Fisher. He's helping. Oh, okay. So, what, so what's happening with the manger is what I'm looking at here. Like, we, we've got a baby that needs to be born. If, Where does that fit in? If Mary or Joseph or Jesus sees you, the game is over. Okay. They cannot. Like, you can't. You can't end up in the fucking Bible. You're Sam oh, Fisher. That is so awkward. <laughs> I, I, 
I did wonder <laughs> gospel why. Gospel according to Tom Clancy. <laughs> whenever, as a kid, whenever you're building the nativity scenes at school, you have to put these three green dots on the back wall. Yeah, was... I never knew why you had to just tuck that in there. But just one of those weird traditions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, if Jesus sees you, or Mary, or Joseph, or you know the three wise men, or the shepherds, or the angels are fine. Angels don't count. Um, if they see you, time paradox, game over. Just like in Snake Eater. Mm-hmm. So. Not only are you hiding from enemy guards, like, enemy guards can see you, but that's more sort of, oh, the alarm's been raised, rather than, uh, uh, excuse me, are you Tom Clancy's Sam Fisher? <laughs> Paradox. Um, guards can see you, that's fine. You can throw them into, like, a lake or um, a bin or uh, any sort of hole, wet or dry. I'm, I'm very excited for the, I was about to say medieval, but this is this predates that quite a bit. Um Whatever passed for an investigative police force, finding this body and a load of shell casings. Now, I think, I think you get you get a gun, full magazine, two reloads, and that's right. you for the campaign. Oh, okay. Because like, because like, he can't. He's he's been sent back through time by Tom Clancy from beyond the grave. Yes, using Tom Clancy's undead wizard powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. powerful necromancer Tom Clancy, but no known action lich. Tom Clancy action lich. We should make that game. You can get and like and like. I think um like it's possible to get a divine miracles. Mm-hmm. But again, gotta be kind of side effect things because Jesus cannot know you're there. I can't stress again. I guess he knows everything. Well, God knows it. Mm. Are Jesus and God the same person? That's too big a conversation for that for <laughs> those friends. That's not for now. That's not for now. We'll cover that next episode. We will answer it definitively next episode. S- suffice to say that the, the, the baby Jesus. Has the powers of a baby at this mm-hmm. point. I, I will say his vision cone is slightly longer than a normal baby's. Yes, and visible to everyone. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's terrifying. You think they would have mentioned it in the Gospels, but again, a lot of that stuff gets cut out for political reasons. Yeah, it's, it's like War of the Worlds when they're scanning a building and there's just this red <laughs> sort of laser beam goes over a building. Also, they made a noise like a truck horn. <laughs> Wah. Wah. Uh, so maybe it was the inception noise. Jesus is there. He's looking for you, Mary, Joseph. Mary's maybe a bit occupied, squeezing them out. Yeah. But, um, Joseph, obviously, like the stepdad, hanging around, feeling awkward, chatting pacing. to the shepherds. You know. <clears throat> yeah, lots of pacing. Uh, and I mean, pacing is a great. That that would be a great tutorial thing, I think, as well, to have Joseph pacing back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just going back and forth. You got to get past him. Yeah. Um. You have to protect Jesus from a wide variety of assassins. Now, mm-hmm. since you've travelled through time, yeah, have the assassins also? No, the assassins are, the assassins are representatives of other religions. Oh, see, no. I was really hoping oh, mate, that one of mate. one of them was like the Terminator. You thought the serial killer game was going to be thorny. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be the only game where you have to strangle the Prophet Muhammad. (laughs) An accurate representation of the Prophet Muhammad. No. Um, I can't can't think of a good religion to pick as a baddie. No. For this one. Let's let's go time villains. Time villains, also Herod. So, like, Herod, I think we can sort of have Herod as a bit like Hitler in um, Kung uh, Kung Fury as a time-travelling mastermind. Mm -hmm. So, Herod has been given... Like has uh, Herod is looking to sacrifice the the blood of the of of Jesus so he can get some sort of time magic spell and you're there to make sure that Christmas stays. You're going to put the Christ back in in. You're going you're going to kill so the, Herod. In the future, there is still Christmas. That's it. It's not it's not about the religion. It's just to save like what we think of as Christmas. When do you think we sell the most Tom Clancy books? That's right, summer holidays. But after that, it's Christmas. I always wondered why the Tom Clancy action figures were packaged with so much myrrh. Reeked! Oh, just a ton of myrrh. Which Tom Clancy action figures were you buying as a child? (laughs) This one. Oh, he's a lawyer who does a punch. Wow! The ones they made in the convent. It's oh man, oh man, it's a Harrison Ford one with real scowling action. <laughs> Look, you pull the you, you pull this rope on his back and he genuflects. <laughs> it's a Harrison Ford, a 
person for that action figure, wife not included. <laughs> you pull a string on his back and he asks where his wife is. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the it's the it's it's unusually for um for Tom Clancy. You're not infiltrating. It's a tower defense game. Ah, Except I see. instead of tower, it's Christ. <laughs> you set up those no. kind of like wire bombs from Dishonored and things like that. There's wire bombs from Dishonored. There's and like and, they, and like that's why you're recruiting militia. So like so like you've got guys who can who can like who can like crouch on rooftops and make bird noises to warn you when guys are coming in. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the game is going to be perhaps in kind of uh, an orcs must die. Mode it's tower defense, but you're there as well, and you're like running around solving problems. And I really like the idea of being like, right, there's 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 five guys coming in with crossbows. I need to get over there, take them out, and then get back before these other guys take out baby Jesus. So it's really sort of frantic back and forth, lots of running, lots of traversal, zip lines. I really like the idea of you having access to high tech, but an extremely limited amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in the same way that in Hitman, you could just pull out the silver ballers and probably fix the problem. There is a rocket launcher somewhere on the level. Yeah. <laughs> it uses Duke Nukem rules. <laughs> it's like it's like Leonardo da Vinci level tech. Like, it's not from your time or this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the middle. Like, something has happened. You can get a musket. Like, there's one point where you get in that, that da Vinci tank that looks like an umbrella. Yeah, I know that one, yeah. Yeah, it, it's odd. There's been some time slips. Do you think? Do you think this is our game, or should we? Um... Well, there's one more that I'd like to pitch to you because I, I kind of, I'm kind of down with this. Yeah, sure. So Chris Farnell has suggested a game where you play a gelatinous cube in a dungeon of corridors, exactly as high and wide as you are. I, okay. Now, right. That in and of itself is a fairly basic game, right? Like it, you've not got a lot of choices. You're stuck mm-hmm. in a corridor, you go forwards or backwards. Mm-hmm. But everybody in the party plays an exactly the same size gelatinous cube. Right. And in combat, a lot of what happens is pushes, pulls, and knockbacks. Uh-huh. So when you get into combat you, and you're on a grid, what you've got is five or well, six, including gem, player chess. Mm. So that you can set up a blocker. So you put one gelatinous cube behind the enemy and then knock the enemy into that cube and you can set up dead ends like you are you basically your your party is a movable wall i think i think i'd like to remove it from the pipes because i feel if there's only pipes that i can go through i feel we're really limiting player choice yeah sorry what i'm what i'm suggesting is that like uh, a combat area is mm-hmm. 10 squares by 15 okay and each cube occupies one square right okay utterly Yes, it completely yeah. occupies that one square. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can't go over it, you can't go under it, you can go around it because there's squares, empty squares. But the you whole might point be able is to go through it. it. It's a tattoo game of, of basically like player placement mm. and then knockbacks. And like the reason I'm likening, I'm likening it a bit to chess is like you can have weird movements like this. You can only move diagonally. You can play it on a chessboard. Play it on a chessboard, actually. That would work. Um, but a lot of push, a lot of pushbacks and pulls towards and things like that. I like this. I like this a lot. Firstly, I like this because I love pushing and pulls in combat. Mm, so much I fun. Think, I, I love moving my, my own token and other tokens around in a way that's exciting. And so much of combat in any role-playing game is not moving the tokens. Mm-hmm. It's rolling the dice. So that's great. But you know me, Chris. I'm, I'm a businessman. You are. My middle name is Profit. If you cut me, I bleed stocks. Dodgy Graham? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that kind of Profit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you bleed stock cubes? Yeah, sure, why not? Yep. So, I think we could make a lot of money out of this. Because mm-hmm. people like gelatinous cubes. And people like, people like class-based games. Yes. I want you to imagine, imagine the gelatinous cube fighter. With a little a little Viking hat hovering in it and a shield, oh, maybe we... ma- ma- maybe a shield just sort of stuck to the outside. Even better, Grant. We take mm-hmm. two other games. Okay. The Lost Vikings. Oh. And that Biffle game about squares. Thomas was alone. That's the fella. Mm-hmm. 
So, it, like, your Thomas cube, was a Viking. Your cube can jump. Mm-hmm. Nobody else's mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. And like, you're in the you're in a dungeon. You've just won the combat. Brilliant. But the exit to this room is four squares off the ground, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and only one of you can jump one square height. Get up there. Mm-hmm. So like, you've got to stack yourselves correctly, and like, you've actually got like physics puzzles, as it were. I think, and and that's the thing. Like the so so that is that is that is Thomas was alone, mm. but we're dealing with gelatinous cubes. And the thing about gelatinous things is they can blend. Yep. So you can go, Wonk, and I'm imagining the nice noise it would make. I'm imagining the sort of like like jelly like wobble of the controller uh, of, of of the of the uh, of, of the avatar. You you now take up a ten by ten grid because shut up and. You control like playing two-player Katamari, <laughs> like tank controls. Tank. Well, that's, 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 yeah. Sorry. So Katamari, um, Katamari Damacy. For those of you who don't know, it is a wonderful game where you push around a big ball and pick up things until you get very big. Uh, and it's pos- and so it uses tank controls in that, that like it's it's for it's for that like, your left hand is on the left stick, your right hand is on the right stick, and you push forward with both to push it forward. And you sort of turn quickly by pulling back. Two-player puts one of you on the left and one of you on the right and it becomes a continual negotiation argument yeah well it's yellow it's fine i love it potato potato but you're talking about this expanding cube yeah and i think that that's a class this cube this cube can change its size okay so it, it can change like as a free action it can change its size one grade so it could actually go small enough that things could pass through its square Maybe it needs to eat things to get bigger. Maybe, but I'm trying to do stuff that, that it can do in combat at a, at a moment's notice. Okay, this is the wizard. This is well, no, you this, see, this, ah, this is the wizard. Okay, ah, the wizard mm-hmm. can take on the properties of any substance it's touching. Ah, stone so cube. If it's if it's touching water, it can turn into water and thus effectively swim and slide through tiny gaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if it's on stone it can become solid so that if things are knocked into it it, it stops them mm-hmm. and does and does impact damage rather mm-hmm. than being absorbed into them and things like that so everybody has like the, the core thing is the core class thing is what your cube can do mm-hmm. now. So, so the ranger can spit out anything that's trapped inside the cube oh, and like could there be like a bow and arrow in there as reference absolutely like a dog skeleton there's always a Robin Hood hat floating near the top, not on the top, but near the top. Like it might, it might sort of like part of it might bob out occasionally. Yes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if it's just if it's just eaten a person, then you've got what you've got in there is ammunition. You've got one person, so mm-hmm. bones. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, and, and 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 any named equipment it's got. So if it's mm-hmm. got a sword and shield, you've then got mm-hmm. a sword and shield in there. Yeah. So you can you can fire out the shield to block one attack. Mm-hmm. You can fire the sword as a damaging attack, and the bones mm-hmm. are like the standard your standard ammunition <laughs> when you want to do just a little attack because there's loads of bones in a human body. Uh, at, at least fifteen, at least fifteen upwards. Yeah. Sometimes upwards of sixty. Well, I don't. I mean, it's it's it's, it's hard to be precise in these. In it's these situations. so difficult. So difficult to check. Now, Thomas is alone. Uh, is a real masterpiece of storytelling because mm. it uses it uses um, Danny Wallace. As the um, as the uh, as a narrator, and each of these different cubes have their own character, have their own fears, have their own personalities. It's really beautifully done. I don't have the time, talent, or inclination to do that, so we've got to do it cheap. We've got oh, to yeah. try and get some solid brand. Like I'm talking pin badges, baby. You know, you got to collect the set, and they're all identical green cubes. I think we need to have some character in here. We need to name the cubes. We need to give the we, we need to give the cubes desires, fears, loves. Okay. Okay. What are you thinking? The main character is slightly smaller than the other cubes. Has, How is this a main character? There's like four players. Hear me out. Okay. This is this is the tutorial bit here. So, oh, so are you like, making your video game again? I don't know what I'm making. Okay. I'm making an anime. Is what I'm making. The main character, <laughs> the main character has special powers, and so is transferred to a new dungeon, <laughs> which causes problems when all these Bakusundere senpai motherfuckers start treating him differently. So he has to earn his place 
in this school. Plus, there's this other gelatinous cube who he really fancies. Again, it's no dialogue. It's just, it's just got some boobs floating in it. It's got, it's got kind of like a sailor outfit. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's genuinely awful. I can't work out what's funnier, whether there is a girl sailor costume floating in the cube, or whether a girl sailor costume has been stapled to the outside of the cube. I, I see. I was thinking like a desiccated sailor moon. Inside. Absolutely not. I'm not putting a child's corpse in this game. <laughs> so like. So, so you've got your protagonist, kind of, kind of the main, kind of like the 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 um the jack of all trades, mm-hmm. and then he goes. So this is the single player experience. He he meets well they they meet a wide variety of other guys who you then add to your party. So I think it's kind of like a JRPG, right? It's like Persona Five. In fact, it's exa- in fact it's just a reskin of Persona Five, except rather than descending into a dream world, you're in a dungeon, and rather than being a sort of handsome guy called Joker. You are a featureless cube. And the combat's completely different because it's on a tactical map. Yeah, not turn-based at all. It is, no. it well, is it's turn-based. It, it is turn-based, yeah. I, I was hoping it would be non-turn-based physics. Everyone runs at it at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just happening. Well, I mean, yeah, that would work on a, on a computer, right? Like, you just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movement would be at a static rate. Turn-based. So so basically really hop chess. one square. Hop one square and you have to mm. move and get everything in... In sync, but if it's a if it's a role playing game, mm. then it would probably have to be turn based. Because I mean, and like, I do like the idea of going into a dungeon as a series of cubes, mm. and there's something terrifying and inexorable about you. It does make it interesting. It does it does make choosing marching orders interesting. Finally, does it? Well, because like in way back when, in the mists of time, mm. your GM always said, right, who's in front, who's at the back for, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, wandering absolutely. monster tables. Mm-hmm. But now it actually matters because there's no way to change it because you can't get past each other. <laughs> okay, but we've got to have some more room occasionally. Yeah, no, in a corridor, Grant. Oh, I see. So, like, so like as you leave the combat zone. Yeah, you know how if you look at a dungeon, there's rooms and corridors? Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, the corridors are slim. Everywhere else is a big open room. <laughs> there are two modes. There is murder and travel. Yes. And when you leave a murder zone, you have to pick your order, and then you you go through a series of pipes. Yeah, and like when there's a, a, a like a very rickety bridge that you have to cross, you have to do it in order. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if somebody, if the second person absolutely fucks up the test, then the bridge is melted by their acid, and the two at the back have problems. <laughs> test to neutralize your pH. <laughs> that's not going to rebuild the bridge no but that's, that's that's how you cross the bridge in the first place or don't I guess like fall through the slats <laughs> yeah it's like oh, th- th- this is just a cattle grid on the floor we're all going to melt through oh, God, we, 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 we're going to have to see what's downstairs I'm afraid yeah um, I also really like the idea of there being like not not traps in, well there, there would be traps in the, in the traditional sense Although I presume you can cling to walls, so it would more be like you go down and then smoosh back up the other side like a sponge. Mm. Yeah, um, like spikes aren't really a problem for you. Not so much, no. But like the um, the magic crown you picked up two levels ago might get caught on it and pulled out of your body. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it just, it just tugs away like half of the Rage's ammunition. Yeah. Um, but um, I think like one of the things which could constitute a trap but not but wouldn't in a normal dungeon is like, like, like some sick. You can't <laughs> not have it. <laughs> like, like, there's definitely an area on the street where a dog's pooped, and you're like, "Oh man, oh god, oh, oh, I can't go I, that way." Why did I have to be at the front? And you've got a real human centipede problem, where like the poo gets passed <laughs> back through the ring, and everyone gets the deep. <laughs> it's, 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 it's little turd. <laughs> oh, I've only rolled over a copy of the mail. Oh, oh god, I'll be, st- I'll be stuck feeling that for weeks. Oh, I can read every page. Is our game. I think we've got two standout hits here. Clear and yep. Present Manger. And Dungeon Oozes. Or Gelatinous... Well, we think we already had Gelatinous Rue, but that was the name of the game where you had to you had to try and convince... <laughs> you had to join an adventuring party as a Gelatinous Cube in disguise. Yeah. Which do we feel is more solid, and why is it the semi-solid state of a Gelatinous Cube? I think, I, I think it's the Gelatinous Cube one as well. I think partly because it's an easier sell. Not true. No, despite the ridiculousness, like mm-hmm. of of the Sam Fisher nativity, I don't think there's, there's actually that much game there. Like, Sam, 
Sam Fisher of Sinners. Like Ooh, Jesus Fisher was. Of Souls. Yeah, I get you. Mm-hmm. I get you. Mm-hmm. I, no, With the fish? That's got... why the fish is there! It's all a circle. Cool. That's that's why Jesus. That's why Jesus is symbolised by the Christianity is symbolised by the fish, because because at the end Sam Fisher winks and then gives Jesus a fish before he before he dis, before he disapparates. But that's not it, isn't it? No. Oh, what is it? It's because he he made all the loaves and fishes, and it's a symbol of plenty and providing and generosity, as far as I'm yeah, aware. yeah. That's what the man wants you to think. It was Tom Clancy's Sam Fisher. Who gave him? Who gave him like a, uh, a this side is a of fish, po- mate? Check it out. Yeah, side of poached salmon. It's gonna blow your tiny fucking mind. Later, <laughs> later, Jesus. Careful with it; it will blow your tits off. <laughs> Jesus, this is a claymore mine. For some reason, I'm voiced by Andy McNabb. This end toward enemy. This is a laser painter wired up to a satellite in the future. Thank you for listening to the show. We need to come up with a name for the Gelatinous Cube game because that's what we're going to call the show. Uh, dungeon oozes, Uzi Dungeon Cube, Dungeon Cube, but Dun- Dungeon Cubed, Dungeon Dungeon, but like with the symbol for cubed. Yeah, so Dungeon, but with a three at the top. Yeah, I can't put. So do you have to just imagine that when I write Dungeon, dungeon Three? Well, call call it Dungeon Cubed. I will call it Dungeon Cubed. But and the main character could be called Three because he was the third one. That works, yeah. They were the, when, they were so when you see the title of this, go back and look at the title of this episode and imagine that I've done a superscript three because yeah. I don't know how. So I don't think I don't think we can display that. Also, don't that tell me. Podcasts. I'm sure there's a way. I don't. I don't, I don't, don't. 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 Don't fuck about with that. It's hard enough to edit this. We have been, continue to be, Grant Howitt, Christopher Edward Taylor, despite some well-intentioned people at Polygon getting our names mixed up. <laughs> Again. Okay. You got read it. There was a, an article about my legacy published on Polygon, um, which was confronting and strange to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they um, uh, chase the the chap who wrote it. Got in touch with Chris, and then talked a lot about your Patreon in the article. Yeah, a lot about my Patreon. Yeah, you've, you've, been, have... you've got it, Chris. You've got to declare that shit. I know right? it would be illegal if I didn't. No, I, if, I do if... not have a Patreon. Are you selling lewds? <laughs> hmm. Are you selling those washed out polaroids of your Titan that you keep joking about? <laughs> oh, see, I thought you were. I thought you were talking about quaaludes. <laughs> Mate, you can't get those anymore. What are you talking? No, no, no. I meant like nudes, but you put your fingers over your nipples, so it's fine. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I should. It's like it's like burlesque, but for the internet. Yeah, make an extra quid every two months. Why not? So yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe That's after fun. maybe after we end the um the podcast, I think we've got like and we're coming up to what like fourteen, thirteen episodes yeah. left now. Maybe we can pivot the Patreon to being a sort of Jessa, Jessica Nagiri erotic photograph. Mm. So. Where me and Chris take increasingly uncomfortable pictures of each other. <laughs> it's gonna get weird. Like they like they get blurry as we're trying not to look at what's going on. <laughs> can I just can I just reel it back a little a little moment to to this article? And oh yeah 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 the article yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Because I'd like I'd like to let Chase off a little bit because I've been called Grant by your spouse. Fair. Who really should know better? I Chris, I've called you Grant. Exactly. Like yeah. Like so, no, no hatred towards him on that one. Like, it's, yeah, this happens a lot. It's I, f- I feel our identities have muddied. There's, there's certainly something sloppy around the edges. Yes. Mm. Mm. Well, and, and if you want to find out what that is, listener, you can subscribe to our new erotic <laughs> patron. Sorry, stay subscribed to this. <laughs> it will change. It will be different after. <laughs> you will. I want to tell you this. You will know. You will it will be painfully that. obvious in the title in your inbox. It will not be a podcast file. It will be it will be a zipped folder of JPEGs. Each of and them a one string bitmap. <laughs> one bitmap and one weirdly long sound file. <laughs> like we're talking nine hours of sound. Nine hours and like and like I'm um, like twelve kilobytes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's, like, it's weird. It's gonna sound like it's gonna sound like we recorded it through a radio in the past. <laughs> we love you very dearly. You are very good. 
and kind. We are going to go now. I'm going to go and um, spritz myself in water and spin mm-hmm. around in the dark room until I pass out. I don't know what Chris is going to do. The same bit in reverse. Ooh. Uh, so, be well, be kind, um, take care of one another, and we'll see you maybe two weeks from now. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Bye. Bye.